Hey there, my name is Kim, and this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek, and I'm so excited that you're here with me again today. Today, we are continuing on with this idea that I mentioned in the last two episodes, creating your dream life. I just want you to think about what are the possibilities? What could your life look like if you had the chance to take that pen and open up a notebook and write a brand new story starting right now, what would your life look like moving forward? So did you choose your words of the year? If you weren't already before, have you started journaling? I think this is a big part of getting your mind right, getting that mindset so that you can actually create that life that you love. One of the things that keeps us from having that life that we want, whether it's our relationships, work, finances, or any big goal we want to achieve, is fear. Fear keeps us frozen and keeps our feet planted when we should be taking that big leap toward what we want. Fear is normal. It's our body's way of protecting us from danger. But what if every time we felt that anxiety or fear about a big new step, we reminded ourselves of an alternate definition for fear. What if you told yourself that fear stands for find empowerment and resilience? And then every time you got into a situation that made you uncertain, you asked yourself, what's the most empowering thing that I could have or do in this moment? Would you be able to replace that uncertainty with something more positive? What would resilience and courage look like in that situation? I know it is so hard to train your brain to do this, but I promise with practice, it does start to work. You'll be able to shut down those negative thoughts, shut down that fear so much faster. Find empowerment and resilience. Anytime we're trying to grow or create big changes in our lives, we will face fear. If your heart isn't pounding and you're not a little scared, some people would say that your dreams aren't big enough. Today's guest is going to teach us all about creating confidence from the inside out. And I'm so excited to share this interview with you because if you want to take that leap and do big things this year, you're going to need to keep on working on your confidence. Now, before I get to that introduction, I want to remind you that if you have a business, if you have an idea for a business, if You want to take your hobby and make it profitable this year. I would love it if you would join me in the Vision to Visibility Business Mastermind. We will help you stay on track, make sure you're taking action, help you stay on top of all those new social media changes because they seem to be flying at us weekly, and we're going to help you just stay on track creating content and working on your message so that you have a message that resonates. If this sounds like something that might be helpful, if you want that accountability, check out the information at 
irisdigitalmediagroup.com slash vision. And I will put that link in the show notes. I would love to have you work with us this year. Iris Digital Media Group is the company that I started with my daughter, Abby, last year. We're so excited to be celebrating our one-year anniversary working with amazing clients who have world-changing and life-changing ideas that they want to bring to life. Today's guest is Janelle Anderson. Janelle is a speaker, author, and confidence coach for women entrepreneurs, helping them own their expertise, monetize their message, and attract more clients. With her powerful confidence-building formula, women are able to conquer the imposter within and speak up with confidence and clarity and make their brand stand out in the marketplace. Janelle is the creator of Fearless Confidence Formula, her signature course focused on messaging and speaking with confidence, and the Fearless Women Mastermind Program. Her new book, Take Center Stage, Be the Star of Your Own Story, is due to release on February of 2022. I'm so excited to introduce you to Janelle. I loved this interview, and I know that what she says is going to be of benefit to you too. Welcome to the show, Janelle. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So you're a confidence coach. Yes. Would you tell the audience, what does that mean? Well, that's a good question. Especially I work with women, mostly women entrepreneurs and leaders. And I have over the years discovered, and it's part of my own story, but discovered that women struggle a lot with being confident in themselves. Even women that are high achieving, who have moved up in their careers or they've done great things, they're very successful, but they still have that little voice inside the imposter syndrome kind of thing. I don't know if I'm good enough. People are going to find out that I'm not all that great, or they struggle a lot with going for the next thing because they're afraid they'll fail. There's always this kind of backstory going on. So as I researched that and had discovered on my own journey how to create what I say confidence from the inside out, I felt like that would be a place I could really help women. I love to help them with the inside, excuse me, who they are, because there's a lot of amazing untapped potential there and they're not fully stepping into their greatness and sharing their gifts with the world because of a lack of confidence in certain areas. And so if I can help remove those blocks, then, you know, they can just step out there on center stage, as I say, and go for it. So it's really, I found it to be a pretty common problem with women. And so that's, that's why I focus on confidence And as a confidence coach, basically, I'm really helping women to see what's blocking their confidence and how to connect to their true gifts and who they really are. Because I think once you see that, you really fall in love with who you are. And confidence comes then very naturally. What are some of the common kinds of things that people encounter or that are causing people from being confident? What are the most common things that you see? The top challenge really that I see is that women are so concerned about what other people think of them. They feel like 
they need to measure up to somebody else's standard, or they're worried about how they are being perceived by other people. And they're always feeling like a fraud, which is the imposter syndrome, classic imposter syndrome. And it's really stemming from a lot of things. It could be childhood messages that they heard when they were young, either from parents or teachers or other kids or the culture, these messages that we that get embedded, that just get infused into our subconscious without us realizing it. And we start to make up what I call imposter stories. And they seem innocent a lot of times, or they seem like nothing, like that couldn't be it. But it's the root of where the story began. And then we believe that it's true and it's very personal. The imposter syndrome is a very personal kind of thing. Like I'm not good enough. It's it's me that's not worthy. And we make up this story from something that maybe happened or was said to us. And then it builds over time and it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. And you're like, see, I said that for me, it was, I felt like nobody wanted to hear what I had to say. I grew up in a big family. There was a lot of noise around the dinner table. Nobody would listen to me. And so I would end up talking to the wall. I literally would turn and talk to the wall. And then my family would be like, what are you doing? And I was like, the wall listens to me. But in my heart, the story began to grow that I was boring. Nobody wanted to hear me. And so over time, that just continued to grow. If anything happened, if somebody interrupted me. I would inside, I'd say, see, it's true. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And so that story kept me from taking action and from speaking up and finding my voice and and vocalizing my opinions or whatever. And so it really had an impact on the decisions I made and the things that I did with my life. And so it's really basically, it's a mindset, it's a pattern of thinking, and it's based on things that we're believing. And so getting down to that, where's that story? What is the story will really help to open that up and to understand what is going on. We sometimes can feel that way also from the culture, especially for women. We've struggled all through the years as women with being told that we shouldn't be bold. We shouldn't speak up. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. When I was young, it was the saying was women should be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. That was a thing. And We were limited to career choices, to teaching or secretary or a nurse. We didn't have the encouragement and the opportunities to just do whatever we wanted because we were told that we were women and we shouldn't, we should be in this lane over here. And so those messages can be embedded in our heart. And we, if we believe them, then it's, what holds us back and what can cause us to not feel confident in who we are or in what it is that we want to do. And it's just a matter of uncovering what those stories are and begin to question them and challenge them. Are they really true? How true is this really? And what is the truth? What is, what am I capable of doing? What do I want to do? And then seeing in yourself, the ability to go do that, that, you have the gift in you, you you have that talent or you have that passion. And if you don't have it, you have the ability to learn it or whatever, and then begin to take action towards your dream. So how does somebody begin to figure out the difference between, oh, I don't have enough confidence and 
oh, I really actually don't have the skill yet. I need to learn and grow more to be able to do this. I mean, how, how do you distinguish between the two? Yeah. Good question. Because sometimes con- a lot of times confidence comes from learning a skill. Obviously I learned to play the piano and at first I didn't have confidence in it, but the more I practiced, the better I got and the more confident I was in that one skill. <clears throat> but that doesn't mean that I was confident inside in everything. Like I didn't have the confidence necessarily to do something else. So what I like to talk about with that inner confidence is that belief in yourself, because the word confidence, when you break it down to its root meaning, it's based on this Latin word fidere, which means to trust. So really it's trusting in yourself. So if you have this foundation of trust and belief in yourself, then you will, even if you don't know how to do something, you don't have a skill or you don't have knowledge, you have that confidence within that I can learn that. And so then you'll take action and learn it. And then your confidence in that grows in that particular thing. So I really believe that it's that inner confidence in who you are and your abilities to learn things that you want to learn that is really important because you can learn, you know, just about anything that you want. And so a lot of times people will depend only on that outer confidence of learning a skill. And I I hear people say a lot of times that confidence is just a skill that you learn, but I don't agree with that. I think confidence again, comes back down to the trust in yourself, believing in yourself. And then that propels you into taking action to do whatever you need to do to learn how to be better at whatever. So when I wanted to be a coach, I didn't have, I was back then, I wasn't as confident just naturally as I am now, but I wanted to do it so bad. And I knew because I felt this passion in my heart, that is something I should do, but I didn't feel confident in the actual skill and knowledge of being a coach but I wanted to learn it. And so I just decided I, I will learn it and then I'll be good at it. And over time, as I learned the skill, I got more confident in the coaching, but it was that inner, just trust in myself that I knew I could learn it. That actually propelled me to take the step in the first place. So I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah. So you said something that a key word that I like to use a lot, which was I just decided I was going to do something. And I think that's huge in a lot of areas of your life where you want to make change. How does that apply though to increasing your confidence and overcoming imposter syndrome? Is it as simple as deciding? I would think that there's some other skills or thought Mm. processes you need to work on also. Yeah. Sometimes even getting to that point of making the choice, I call it saying yes to you to go for it. There's some work that has to happen for a lot of people, depending on what's happened in your life. Like for me, I had a history in my twenties of traumatic sexual abuses and exploitations. And I had stored away, it was years of this, and I had stored it away for 30 some years. And I'd never talked about it and I'd never processed it and didn't realize how much of an impact it was having on me all through my life. And so I had to 
go back and deal with all of that and begin to understand the impact that it had and to see my past in a whole different way because what had happened caused me to believe that I was worthless, that it was my fault. And that, of course, caused me to not trust myself or have confidence in who I was. And so when I went back and processed through that, I reframed that story and I reframed how I saw what happened to me. And I realized that I was never worthless and I didn't cause the things to happen to me. I had been taken advantage of and I was a victim. And So I went through this process of owning that story and realizing I can't ignore it. It was a part of my life, but how did it shape me and who am I now as a result and who who do I want to be? And that kind of work was necessary for me to even get to the place to say yes and make the decision that I'm going to go for this. And so sometimes for some people, depending on what they've been through, there is that work that maybe you need to get some help with processing some trauma or some past events. And sometimes it's just a matter of maybe, again, like I said, you've been hearing these messages maybe, or you've, in our culture, it's common for us to put ourselves down. I'm too fat. I'm too ugly. I'm too this, I'm too that. And you hear people saying that all the time and you say it over yourself. So sometimes it's just a matter of working on that, like the mindset shift around how do you talk to yourself? How do you see yourself? What are the thoughts that you have to yourself, about yourself, and bringing those up into the light. And then you can change your mindset. We have the power to choose how we're going to think and what we're going to say and speak over ourselves. And so you do some of that work and begin to have a positive view of yourself and begin to value yourself then it's easier to make a decision to say yes and to do whatever it is or to learn what you need to learn. So yeah, sometimes it, there is some work that has to happen. And, and for some people, it's not as involved as others. It really depends on the person. When I'm coaching a client around stuff like that, but just I'll ask them a lot of questions and we try to fi- find out what is the thought that you're really having underneath that. And it's probably a deeper thought, a gremlin message, as they say, or an inner critic message that is driving your conscious mind and decisions, but you're not really realizing it. So just taking a moment to, it's raising that awareness and creating like that habit of being aware, what am I really thinking? And why am I thinking that? And choosing then to decide how do you want to think? What do you want to say over yourself? And sometimes it's that simple. It's creating a habit and a practice of being aware and choosing, knowing that you have the choice. I think that's so interesting when you start talking about the whole limiting beliefs and choices, because I think sometimes we don't even know that we have a limiting belief. And I think limiting belief has become a buzzword. Like we're all supposed to know what that means. But I think it's also another thing where people are just, oh, I don't have that. That's not me. That's somebody else. But I think Mm -hmm. it's really surprising when you start digging deeper and somebody Mm -hmm. points these things out that we all have limiting beliefs in some way. Yes, we really do. Yeah. So you teach a confidence building formula. Do you want to tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about how do we start to build our confidence? 
Yeah. So a lot of what I've already said, but in my formula, it actually, it's a course and it went from being just generally about confidence to specifically around your voice, empowering your voice, Mm -hmm. empowering yourself to speak up. I find that that place right there, especially for entrepreneurs, they're not getting themselves out there. They're not confident to express what they're all about and who they are. And they have, they're not used to that. And so we work a lot on their message and their story and being, and just practicing talking about yourself and talking about what you do and owning your accomplishments. It's a lot of what I do with women is helping them to begin to see who they truly are. As women, we are so used to thinking about other people first, encouraging other people, giving our time and our energy to other people. We're the nurturers. We've been raising our families and working our jobs and our careers. And we haven't taken the time to really know what's inside of us. There's a treasure inside of us. And also on top of that, we've taken on this belief. It's a limiting belief that I think a lot of women deal with is that we shouldn't own our accomplishments. We should not. It's bragging. It's bragging if we say, yeah, I did that. And I, I did a really good job or I accomplished this or I accomplished that. Women tend to diminish that and not stop and celebrate. And so that's one place that I found is very effective is to just begin to look at the things you've accomplished in your life all through your life, write it down, like create a brag book. And I say brag book. I'm, you're not really bragging. You are saying this actually happened. I did this and get used to saying it out loud and going even to the mirror and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, good job. You did this. You did that. Because that again, starts to change the narrative in our mind. And we get used to thinking of ourselves in a more positive way and being proud of ourselves in seeing, like when I started to realize what was in me, I was like, wow, man, I I have some gifts and this is what I was created to do. And it has a lot of value and all of us do. So I'm not bragging or boasting or putting myself above someone else. I'm just owning who I am. And so when you begin to value that, your confidence grows. And so that's a part of the formula. It's really, let's look at you, look at you, look at what you've done. Look at all the talents. I like to give people assessments like the strengths finder or the Enneagram or other personality tests or things like that help them to see who you are and writing those words out that describe who you are. Because I think we just don't know. We have not taken the time to really know who we are. So do you encourage people to journal then as part of this process? Oh, yeah. I think journaling is super important. I have journaled myself for over 30 years. And in fact, I I wrote a book. It's coming out in January. And it's got journal excerpts at the beginning of each chapter from my actual journals. Oh, fun. Yeah. Because I went back and I saw like this path and this journey I had been on and just the things that have developed in me over the years. And I call it the star process. It's really this process that I came through to become confident and to the name of the book is take center stage, be the star of your own story. I love that. But yeah, that process of I 
like who I am. I feel at home in my skin now. I'm coming out from behind this curtain and coming out as me and not someone else. That's the part of the journey is just embracing that. I love some of the work that Brene Brown has done. I've read like all her books about this owning your story and seeing who you are and being able to step into that and own it and not, it's, it's not a, like I said, it's not a boastful place. It's more of a very calm, grounded confidence. It's this is who I am and who I am is valuable and who I am matters. What I have to say matters. It's really learning how to tune into that and own it. And it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. So let's say there's somebody who has just had all of these negative messages beaten into them over the years. Maybe it started with their parents and then maybe they married somebody who just were horrible to them and the way that they talked and just really beat down their confidence and made them think that every idea they have is stupid. In, in that situation, where does that person start? Yeah, that's such a good question. When you have been beaten down like that and you've lived with a narcissist or, or somebody that's been verbally, emotionally abusive, it is a lot to unpack. I remember I used to have this recurring theme in my dreams and always in these dreams, I was trying to go somewhere, but I had to pack and I was frantically packing everything in the house practically <laughs> and every little thing I could find. And, and I never, I never could be ready to go because I kept thinking I had to take this with me and this with me. And I had all these bags. And finally I realized that the dream was about me carrying a lot of baggage and it was a lot of little things that I didn't really need anymore, but I felt like I needed them. And I feel like that's what happens in those situations is that <clears throat> we've gotten so used to, we believed what they said about us and to us, and we took it in and believed it. And it became like this baggage that we're carrying around and we don't, we're such in a habit of it. We don't realize it. And so it's like, even the pieces that you're trying to carry around like words, narrowing it down to this person said this to me, my dad said this to me, or my teacher said this to me and taking that piece out and looking at it and remembering even like how you felt when they first said that to you and what inside your heart did you believe was true. And if you can write it down, talk about journaling, write it down, look at it, <clears throat> connect it to emotion because emotion is a big part of this process. And then not fight against it or, or resist it because what you resist persists, but just step back. That was not true. That was actually not true. And what is true is that I am, and that's where knowing who you are comes in. I am this person here. And it's really the work you do on for yourself. Nobody can do this for you, honestly. And even in those, if somebody grew up in that situation and they were constantly beaten down and told these things and they believed it, that's when it became real to them. So it's dismantling it and, and changing your mind about what you believe 
because you always have the power to do that. And you could have two people being told the same thing. And if one person says, I don't believe that, it's not going to affect them. And this other one, I believe that's true about me, then it will, it will affect them. See, so as children, we don't realize what's going on. We're not able to cognitively say, oh, I'm, this person's saying this to me and I'm believing it. It just gets embedded in there. So that's why a part of the work is going back to, do you remember in your childhood when that was first said to you? Let's talk about that situation. There were a couple of memories from my childhood that came up when I was doing this whole work. And I was like, I didn't realize that had that effect on me. But as you're doing that work, your heart knows, like tuning into your own heart's wisdom, you will get these memories that kind of float up if you get quiet and just listen. And sometimes you need help for this. I, I wouldn't say that this is something you could totally do on your own. If you really have, if somebody's in that situation and really has had a hard time and really is just very negative self-image, they probably need a coach or a therapist or someone to help them go back and unpack all that baggage. But once you do, you start to learn how to do it on your own and you can, a memory will float back up and keep coming. Sit there and look at that memory. <clears throat> One of my early ones, I was about four or five years old, having dinner at a friend's house. I remember we were on a naval base. My dad was a Navy man. And I could hear my dad outside calling for me to come home for dinner. But as a little kid, I didn't, I was too afraid to move. I just sat there at the table. I didn't move. I didn't do anything. And eventually he stopped calling for me. And then when the memory came back, I was like, yeah, I remember that. But what's the big deal? So what? Because my mom told him where I was. That's why he stopped calling for me. But then I tuned into what did I feel in that moment? And immediately I felt it again. And it was like the sense of abandonment or I'm not important. And I thought, oh, so I, as a young child, this feeling was there and I wasn't old enough to articulate it or understand it, but it landed there. And it actually was one of the deeper roots to some of the things that I dealt with in in that feeling of not being seen or heard in a big family and things like that. And so once I unpacked that and looked at that, I was able to understand, oh, okay, that was one of the roots and it wasn't true at all. And so I can change how I believe about myself. And so it really is this unpacking process. And, And I would say for somebody like that, that you mentioned probably needs some help with that because there's probably a lot of baggage there and and it's become a pattern of thinking that they don't that's just part of their life and and it's just the way they are they don't realize it's something they can change so i also want to go back to what you said about being seen and heard and thinking of that from the business world like you have women in a meeting And you have introverts and extroverts, and some people take longer to process information, so they can't jump in and talk over each other, typically men tend to do, or when the woman says something and the man claims her idea, and then everybody's, oh, yes, George, that was a brilliant idea. And she's over here in the corner going, but that's what I just said. I forgot what my question was in all of that, (laughs) but just about how do women own their confidence in a business setting like that? Yeah. And what you just described is so real and it's still happening. And it's one of those things I was talking about earlier, like the culture for women, especially. And in 
today's world, yes, women are achieving a lot more, but they're still dealing with that in the boardrooms and they're still feeling unseen, unheard, unvalued, and it affects our confidence and our ability to speak up and stand our ground and stand up for ourselves. So that is something I talk about a lot with, in fact, I have a client who's been working on that. It's, I I always tell women, you really train people how to treat you by how you value yourself and how you respond to things like that. And I don't mean that you have to stand up and be a B-I-T-C-H and just, but you can quietly and firmly begin to stand up for yourself. But if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't have that confidence, sometimes it's hard to do, but that's where you work on a little bit at a time. And this one client came to me because she wanted confidence in speaking up in meetings and she wasn't speaking up in meetings and she struggled a lot with the same kind of story. Like I did. I'm not, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. She grew up with a bunch of brothers and they men talked over her and all of that. So she began to just practice speaking in our, I have a speaking club like a Toastmasters and she started there. She started, you know, creating little speeches and giving them and getting feedback and just getting used to talking. And a lot of the exercises we do in there are just impromptu speaking, just I'll give a prompt and you just say whatever comes to you. So they get, you get used to that because when your mind goes blank, or like you said, sometimes women take a while to process before they can speak. If you practice speaking, just kind of impromptu uh, on different topics, or you even have a list of things to talk about and you go around your house talking on topics, just getting used to talking (laughs) and expressing your opinions, the more used to you to doing that, you are, you're building that skill. We talked about earlier, you're building that skill and getting confident in it. So then when you're in the situation, you've already been practicing it and working on it. And you're going to be a lot uh, more confident to speak up and say, wait a minute, I wasn't finished yet. Could I finish my thought? Like standing up for yourself and standing your ground or, Hey, that was my idea. (laughs) I think as women, we are training men how to treat us. And if we begin to stand up for ourselves in our own power and in our own way and our, according to our own personality, we don't have to be a man. We don't have to be someone else, but just in ourselves, I think they begin to get used to that. And really men will respect that most men, but a lot of times women are not doing that because we're just giving into that cultural message that we should make ourselves smaller, but we choose that. And so my client started speaking up more in meetings and, and that got the attention of not only her peers, but her superiors. And they were like, wow, that was a great idea. Wow. You're speaking up. And now she leads meetings. Her bosses put her in charge of leading meetings. And now they're working on her getting ready to getting herself in a position to take a director role, a promotion. And that all started with her practicing speaking up and then believing in herself enough and then standing her in her power there in those meetings and owning it and training these people around her to value her because she valued herself. It's I love amazing. that. Yeah. I think back to some of the bosses that I've had over the years where I just be like, oh yeah, they're a jerk or they're a bad boss or that was how I took what their lack of 
listening skills, basically. basically. I think about the ones where you start to talk and you don't get it out fast enough. You don't get to the point fast enough. They don't want to hear the story right. that's involved or the backstory. And right. they just don't have the patience. Yeah. And I would just walk away thinking, you know what? He's a jerk. But yeah. really, that's that it could be true. And it's probably what I did to save my confidence. But at the same time, there's probably also a skill there that you have to learn to be heard. That's such a good point too, about the backstory and we don't get it out fast enough because we women like to talk a lot more than men Mm -hmm. and we do like to give the backstory, but it's not always necessary. So that is a skill that women can learn to be more concise and to make your words count and learn how to cut out the extra stuff that maybe isn't really necessary because then you do, especially in board meetings and in corporate situations, you do raise that level of respect for you. There's a book I read that would really be good for women in that situation. It's called How Women Rise. And it's eight or 10 habits that women typically have developed a lot of times because of the messages in, in our culture. But we've developed these habits that have held us back. And so then she talks about the habits and then how to counteract them. And one of the things she talks about is this idea of building the skill to be more concise and to know when to leave out, what details to leave out in those certain situations. And I think the other point that you're making is, is true too, that sometimes men don't have the patience to listen, but in, in certain business situations, we also can learn how to be a little bit more concise and get to the point. And it is a skill that we can learn and practice it. And you can do that just walking around your house. If there's a topic that's coming up in a meeting that you'll be called on to talk about, practice, even like writing it out and cutting out all, all the extra words. <clears throat> I'm teaching a, a class actually tomorrow called Storytelling Mastery for Entrepreneurs. And one of the techniques I teach is called the red pen and spice technique, where I teach everyone to go through and take a red pen and mark out all the extra words, all the backstory, all the details that aren't necessary and whittle it down to what's really the most important part of that story or that message, because it's a lot more powerful and people will get it if you leave out all the extra stuff. And it is a skill that you learn. There are two books that I've read recently, and I was looking around on my desk to try to find one of them because I cannot remember the title of it, but it's a guy, it's a little tiny book, it's a quick read, and it's something gym, but it's like a gym for speaking and persuasion and pitching your ideas. And he has this thing called, and but therefore. And you can whittle your, by using those three words, you can whittle your message down to keep it super concise. Yeah. I'll put that book in the show notes because I cannot think of the name of it right now. And then the other one I've been reading is called Find Your Red Thread by Tamsin Webster. Mm. That is also really brilliant because it allows you to really put your idea through these Oh yeah. Different filters so that when you go to present it, you're presenting it in a persuasive way. So I think that those are really great, but again, it takes a lot of work and a lot of practice to, to be able to do that naturally. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Yeah. 
And that's a part of what I teach in my course and what I'm passionate about helping women to do because I feel like you can learn a lot of things about building a business and your marketing and putting business systems in place and all of the things. But without this piece, I find a lot of women are still holding themselves back because they haven't learned the skill of putting their message together and how to actually deliver the message in a powerful way. And I have a friend who, she was one of my students and she became certified as a coach probably four or five years ago and has yet to take on a client or start her business. And this is why. And she's come a long way. She's getting a lot better, but she was so caught up in this so filled with self-doubt that she had anything of value to offer, even though she does. And so she got caught up in this always learning business kinds of things, like things you have to do to build a business, but she didn't deal with this idea that she had something to say and something of value to offer. And it is a skill and you can learn all the stuff, but if you haven't, if you haven't done that work to really know yourself and if you haven't worked on the skill of articulating and speaking and communicating everything that's inside of you in those different kinds of situations, like it might be, you you might be sitting in a meeting and somebody calls on you, you don't have anything prepared, but how do you handle that without going blank? If you have been tasked with giving a presentation or getting into conversations and having confidence, even in a conversation that you can express yourself, those kinds of things. I feel like if women can learn them and build confidence, not only in being able to speak and articulate and have a clear mind, but also believing that what you have to say is important and it does matter you put those two together, then you're in a position to no matter what is going on around you, you're in that position to be ready to speak at any given time and to express what's in you, which I think is super important. We have a lot of value inside of us and a lot of powerful ideas that need to be shared in the world. And and I feel like we're missing out on a lot of that treasure in women. I think that is so true. My oldest daughter and I own a social media marketing business together. Mm-hmm. And we work with mostly people that are pub- public speakers, motivational speakers. We like to say we work with world changers because pretty much everybody we work with has a big idea that yeah. impacts somebody and will make their lives better. And when somebody first comes to us, you can just tell, do you already have that it that we're looking for that is going to command attention? What are some of the things that you think people can work on so that when they do a podcast interview or when they get a chance to be on television or they go live on Instagram trying to talk about whatever it is that's their mission, their message, their passion, that people go, oh, this is somebody I should be paying attention to. Mm. One of the first things that comes to mind is getting clear on that message. Because a lot of times we try to talk about a lot of things, but when you have one clear message that's like your zone of genius, 
that is your passion that you have honed, honed your message around, then that comes through clearly because you're just pinpointing it every time. Getting clear on what it is that you, what's your zone of genius? What's your area that you really are passionate about that? What is your message? What is your message? And then doing all these things that we've been talking about, working on even like writing it out and cutting out the extra words and learning speaking techniques. And then the more that you're doing that, if you're creating, I mean, sorry, if you are preparing to go on a podcast, for example, what is the message? And usually a podcast host will ask you for questions. Well, think about what is the message you want to bring? And usually, eventually, you will have a signature talk or several talks that you things that you talk about all the time. That's your zone of genius, like I do around confidence. And so no matter where you are, you may say different words and it may be from a different perspective, but it's still, you have that knowledge and you have that expertise around it and you've been talking about it and you've articulated your core thoughts. What's your core message? What is it you want them to walk away with? And try to zero it into main points that you want people to walk away with and just talk about those. Don't talk about everything else, but just focus in on those. And the more you do that, the more you become known for that. And so it's really zeroing in on your kind of key talk. If you can come up with a key signature talk and practice it, then you're going to be prepared for things like podcasts or summits or places where people will, and they will start to ask you to come and speak. Yep. I think that's absolutely true. All right. Is there anything I didn't ask you? Any final words you want to leave people with? Oh, we talked about a lot, didn't we? Um, We did. Yeah. I think my core thing that I want to leave people with is to just know that your confidence will come when you are true to yourself. Don't try to be somebody else because who you are is already perfect. And if you really know and love yourself and be true to yourself, then confidence will come. So I always say, be confident, be real, and just be you. There's nobody else like you. Yes. Perfect. Perfect way to end this. So tell people how they can find you, how they can find your book, your upcoming book, all of that. Yes. So excited about my new book. So my website is emerginglifecoaching.com, E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G, life coaching. And there is not a page yet on there for my book, but it will be coming soon. So it will, we will start to roll out the promotion for pre-sales and things like that. It should uh, launch in, we're thinking mid-January. So we're gearing up for that. So you'll start to see things. I also have Facebook page, Emerging Life Coaching. And I have a group that women can join. It's called Women Emerging Fearlessly. And of course, in both of those places and on LinkedIn, I will be promoting an Instagram. I spend most of my time right now on Facebook and LinkedIn probably, but and if and I if they download the free gift, I think you're gonna put a link. It's a webinar training, Conquer the Imposter Within. In there, it's got my contact information. So if you just get either in my email list or go to my website, sign up to be on my email list, you'll get all the info that you need as I start rolling out my book. And it is called Take Center Stage, Be the Star of Your Own Story. 
It will have a workbook that goes with it as well with exercises that you can do to do the work that I've been talking about today. And, and that webinar training too will give them a lot of help to start working on those imposter stories. I hope that you guys reach out. Sounds great. And the new book sounds exciting. I can't wait to check it out when it's time. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. Dream big and get out there and explore.